0: why hello hello there you're very welcome back to episode eight of the sam i am podcast with me sam white that's right i hope you're keeping well i am recording this on monday the 28th of june this intro and i have just finished watching Pretty extraordinary game of football between France and Switzerland. And all in all, it's been a remarkable day for the Euros and the tournaments. Probably been the most exciting day between the two games today. A total of 13 goals. 14 goals. No, 13. 8 plus 6 is 14. <laughs> it's late. I got there eventually. But yeah, if anyone ever, if you ever hear anyone giving out about football, if about, like, oh, it's boring, it's not that exciting, just say to them, just simply answer with, monday the 28th of june 2021 that's all you have to say anyway i hope you enjoyed last week's episode with Ranald. i certainly did um once again if you'd like to hear the music that was featured on the show you can listen to Ranald's single all my life just search Ranald mackie on whatever streaming platform you use And then if you'd like to check out our cover of Harvest Moon, you can also find that on Ranald's SoundCloud. I also uploaded the music from the second part of my interview with my friend Owen Cummins. Um, That is on my SoundCloud account, which you can find via the link in my Instagram bio. But anyway, uh, regarding Ranald's episode, uh, I was chatting to my mother and she told me that she enjoyed listening uh, to the episode. Uh, She told me that she fell asleep during it. Uh, And I think she was worried that I would have been annoyed about that, but I would see that as quite a, I would see that as a positive thing. I would often fall asleep listening to a podcast. Um, In fact, more often than not, I find myself putting on a podcast before I go to sleep and the podcast would put me to sleep in a good way so if you're having trouble sleeping there's nothing better than putting on an episode of say Desert Island Discs or Blind Boy Podcast something mellow, something relaxing, meditative someone of a yeah, voice like for voice like butter I don't know I think i've always kind of done it even even when i was a kid i used to listen to like stories or like horrid henry i used to remember that i used to have a that on cd i'd listen to those stories and that put me to sleep and then later like random cds like gift grub volume eight I used to listen to mario rosenstock impressions on his gift grub cds and I'd be gone like in two minutes. And while I'd be asleep, the episode of the podcast or whatever I listened to would continue to the end. So if you do fall asleep to the podcast, the podcast still goes on until it finishes. So, But if you do listen to the podcast and you, if you listen to any of it, I don't mind if I understand if you don't have time to listen to the whole thing even at the moment I'm quite busy and I'm actually f- finding it difficult to get through my weekly dose of podcasts. So yeah, any if you make it to the end at all, that's I really, really do appreciate it. Um, but this week I have uh, my oldest friend from Sligo on, uh, Ruri, Ruri De Largi. And we're going back to a slightly more sporty Themed podcast. I know it's not for everyone, but I just love making these type of episodes, um, these nostalgic episodes. And yeah, with each guest, the guest dictates what is going to be talked about. And on this occasion, Rory has a really interesting tale about a certain match that he went to, and what a match it was. So let's get into it. I hope you enjoy. Please welcome to the podcast, Ruri DeLarge. So, another episode means another guest is joining me on the Sam I Am podcast. Ruri, you're very welcome. Thanks for joining me. Thank you very much, Sam. Good to be here. No, I really appreciate you coming on. It's good to chat to you. Um, And yeah, I guess how I usually start with most of my guests, Ruri, is I asked the question, do you remember when we would have first met or how would we, how do we know each Mm. other? It's actually, it's kind of hard to remember, to be honest. I know a very
1: like Mm. sort of vivid memory of us. Do you remember our first house where it was at, um, it was like a local farmhouse and it had a big barn at the back with a big swing that was like attached to the top of the barn. And in hindsight, it was actually incredibly dangerous.
0: Do you remember that? (laughs) Of course, yeah, 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 and we still pass still pass it when I'm home, and uh, brings back a lot of memories. But uh, yeah, you'd be right. Um, we moved to Sligo in 2001 from Newcastle, and I was actually thinking about this before I came on, just thinking about how our parents would have known each other because that's, I guess, that's how we would have met because our parents would have known each other, and I think it's through the the artist circle. In a, in sligo um your dad would have been very good friends with an artist in our family, and I guess that's how our parents would have met through that through that mutual that mutual friend or mutual family member um and uh yeah, and then we would once we were once we moved back over as I said, we would have gotten together. And I think I would have been four at the time. Maybe you were just turned five. Yeah, I think so. That's and, about right. And yeah, we would have uh, you you would have been my first friend in Sligo. Yeah. I think, think I, you're mine as well. For sure. How cute's that? <laughs> really? Yeah, I think so. When did you guys I think you, when did you guys move to Sligo? We
1: moved I think it was a year before you, because I was I was three. No, actually, you know what I'm thinking? I'm mm. just thinking now, because I was I remember I was actually, I wasn't originally in your class because we went to school in Mahara together. We were in the right. same class, but I I yeah. wasn't actually in the class above, but I was a year, I was a bit too young for that class. So I stayed back a year in hmm. senior infants, I think it was, or else it was, it must have been junior infants actually. Oh. So I repeated junior junior infants and okay. I remember hanging out with Shane Gillen and a few yeah. other, I actually can't remember who else was in it, but yeah. So I stayed back a year and then you and Sam you and Ollie and all moved here and then you were in my class and then mm. we were best mates ever since pretty much.
0: <laughs> yeah man, and uh I guess the same could be said for my brother. You would have like you and my brother would be you you'd be pretty good friends now even and so for the both of us I guess you would have been our first friend, um in a new in a new uh in a new home or in the sticks where we were yeah Uh, it's quite quite different to where we'd lived before uh do you remember newcastle much actually yeah i do um because we've got photographs are great uh we've got big photo album family photo albums of when me and my brother were born and i would remember the house we lived in and schools i went to and uh like the street where we lived so things like that and a couple of uh a couple of friends uh from nearby so yeah vivid enough vivid enough um weird weird things but cuz we've been back many times since uh it definitely it definitely brings back uh, even more memories mm-hmm. of uh cuz we'd always go back to where we live we would live near Whitley Bay which is a very well known part of Newcastle right on the coast and it hasn't changed much even since we were there yeah. um, but photographs certainly help um Back yeah nostalgia. we moved over as i said yeah man and we moved over as i said when i was four my brother was maybe three and then yeah we went to school together we went to primary school and secondary school together but we never finished in the same school together yeah actually that's funny you, that. you you moved you moved school you moved school was it third class you moved? Uh, to
1: uh, it was second class, actually, yeah. I actually don't know what age that was, but I just know it as
0: second class. Yeah. Had you had you made your communion? Did you make your communion? Uh, what, right? Yeah, I did, I did. I remember it because there was only, yeah, yeah, there was so like a mind, handful of us in doing third. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I think you make it in second class communion, so you might have just left after that. Um, but, uh, and then we... Yeah and then we went to secondary school together. Yep. Again only for a few years. And this time we both left, but we both went to different schools uh, after after the junior cert. Uh, so yeah, it's funny it's funny the way that know, worked yeah. um But uh but yeah, we've stayed we've stayed great friends since. I've I've said it to a couple of people. I found it I found it very difficult to stay in touch with people from home just after spending so much time in Dublin but with the likes of yourself we've always even if we haven't seen each other for a while anytime we're in each other's company it's like uh it's like it was only yesterday you know yeah exactly um, every christmas we meet moment. up with china
1: city we meet up for that mandatory yeah, man.
0: absolute piss
1: up like with all the lads eat a load of food yeah. get like i give her sorry go on. I'd give a right arm to do that. I'd give I a know. right arm. To Missing do that. it this year
0: was actually heartbreaking. Did we do it? We did get it. We did get it last year. It was. But, uh, we got it in last yeah. year, and well, yeah, 2019. But uh, this year, it was when things started to get serious mm-hmm. again, and I didn't really get to go anywhere when <laughs> I didn't really go anywhere when I was at home. Um, it was a bit strange. Yeah, it's rough but, enough. Um,
1: Next year, though, we'll have to yeah. uh, make up for it. Yeah doing twice the damage. Yeah. A lot of
0: a lot we've a year's worth of uh pubbing to to make up for after the last uh fourteen months or so. But uh yeah, even if we weren't in even when we weren't in school and even as I said we, we would we would have gone to different schools at times, we would have continued to hang out because we always live very close. Um we've always lived in the same parish um while we've been in While we've been in Ireland, and so we would have seen a lot of each other, yeah, and we would have had similar hobbies growing up. I don't know if you'd agree with this. I always think of my hobbies, the progression of my hobbies, would have started with the likes of Beyblades. Oh my god! We all love Beyblades, and and uh, Yu Gi Oh cards. Yu Gi Oh cards, yeah. (laughs) uh, Holy crap!
2: Yeah,
0: and then you got a trampoline. I remember you got a trampoline in your second house in Maharao. Oh my God. That was a revelation in in my childhood.
1: That that, that trampoline had so many memories attached to it. I remember one day, I think it was like the week we got it, we'd gone somewhere and we came back and... Ye were actually at our house on our trampoline when we weren't there and we were like well what's the crag because <laughs> like having a trampoline was like a big big it seemed like it was kind of a big thing back then but we were on we used got so much use out of that thing yeah. it was crazy and then i yeah, remember we specifically we you got a new was, one
0: and you got a new one recently
1: yeah and then we sold it again because we were uh we forgot that we weren't children anymore and we got or bored you, of it uh, far too quick yeah, it was kind of, I was actually kind of Anna's fault. She'll hate me for saying this, but it was her fault. Um, But I remember that other trampoline, our first one, We had there was a really bad winter and we, hmm. I can't remember what happened, but it was, there was really, really bad winds. And then we woke up the next day and we were just looked at the, we looked at the back and we were like, where'd the trampoline go? And we were like, me and Anna like ran over to mom <laughs> and dad, like, nearly in tears like mom and dad the trampolines gone what the hell someone stole it <laughs> and then they were like what the hell uh then we get a call from frankie our our house owner, owner at the time and the farmer next door and he was like yeah your trampoline's in my backyard with all the cows like you, you got, you're gonna have to help me take it out back to your house it literally <laughs> the wind took it so it was like a ufo flying through the air basically um i would have loved to see it but uh yeah the wind completely took it away from us it's crazy
0: and did you have to carry did you have to carry it back
1: yeah well it was like me and uh, frankie our dad and our mom like we all had to carry this big whopper of a yoke back to the house through a field of cows it was the epitome of like countryside right. banter like
0: <laughs> but uh oh no i lo- as i said lots of hours spent uh doing all sorts of all sorts in that trampoline i remember you had a tank as well beside the trampoline and you'd be able to jump from the tank and practice our jeff hardy my god hardy finishers whatever wrestler we were obsessed with. yeah oh my god
1: yeah oh my god Um, do you remember like if an adult would get on they were so much heavier than us so, like, if we stole their bench, yeah, yeah, you would yeah. literally Terrifying. be flung so insanely high up in the air. Like, <laughs> and it was, it was actually really dangerous thinking back because we had no net or anything on it. like. And I'm pretty sure, like, the little tarpaulin thing that went along the springs, that wasn't either. That, I don't think that was there either. So, like, sometimes you would just, like, your legs would fall through either side of the springs and you'd get, like, a wedgie. It was, like,
0: actually so sore. Mm. I was just thinking you were saying that there was no... Uh... Net on the sides or the springs were exposed. Do you remember? I I think I remember. Did you did you have a really nasty eye injury off that once?
1: I think I might have. I've got I've got one scar on my eye which is like from falling in a rock pool. But I think I've got two scars that are like right next to my eyeball as well on both eyes. And I think one of them is from doing that. Yeah, yeah. falling off the trampoline. <laughs> there was some amount of injuries yeah. in that though as yeah. well. Um, Michael Wan Cargan Bennon's mm. dad, he he like accidentally stole someone's bounce on it i think it was one, one of our bounces and he just went flying <laughs> off the thing and he sprained and he sprained his ankle like <laughs> just went flying off the thing went like six feet in the
0: air like absolutely terrified
1: like yeah it was so bad like
0: <laughs> oh there's such health hazards i know why they have nets you would re- be rare you get a trampoline without a net these days because they are very dangerous and a massive health hazard especially if I mean, I like the way you used the term, the expression to steal, the stealing of bounces. Because I was thinking about that. What was that called when you bounced at the same time and someone would go higher than the other? So That was stealing bounces. That's great.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was like the person who bounced first, and if you bounced after them, you just got like times two, like propelled up in the air. It was madness. And like, <laughs> I don't know, back in the day, there was no ipads there was no like netflix like nothing we just like you just kind of had to make do with like playing games and doing all sorts of random stuff on the trampoline like we'd play like wrestling pretend to be yeah you mentioned that earlier actually yeah we'd be pretend to be like wwe stars like randy orton and like john cena and all and just doing just making up games all the time don't think kids kind (laughs) of do that these days
0: i feel like mm. they don't do it as much anyways no we were right at the end of that sort of uh what we considered a, a childhood without a lot of technology you would have played video games and stuff like that maybe later in childhood yeah. but um but yeah certainly i didn't get a phone until for example i didn't get a phone until my 12th birthday last year of school and even then you couldn't do much on the phone you'd use it for music and texting and your mates um so a lot's changed so here hold on there was fucking, snake on the phone brilliant snake was the best game of all time yeah <laughs> yeah never never been beaten can but, never be yeah. beaten um i don't have any yeah. games on my phone if uh if i was to have a game on my phone snake would be snake would be right up there but um but then yeah um one yeah once you once you progress through these various different phases and different hobbies. You eventually find your passion or what you're really into like for me it was it was music and then and then just eventually you start getting into for me i just started getting into sport and i f- fell in love with football around the age of eight i'd say it also sort of happened at once but for you i think you kind of found sport quite late i don't know if you'd agree because you, got, you were really into skateboarding for a few years and then you wouldn't have started playing yeah. football. What age would you have, do you think you would have started playing football?
1: I'm trying to think that it was the 06-07 like season where I started playing, but I didn't watch. And then it was like the season where United right. were really good in the 07-08 and we won the Champions League mm-hmm. and Premier League. That's when I really started getting into football. But I remember I, I skated from, I think, I'm trying to think what age it was. I think I skated from when I was like seven or so till about, must've been about 11. And I remember I, I was actually talking to someone right. about this, uh, talking to somebody about this the other day. I I, was, I used to be like absolutely addicted to skating, would wake up early, skate for like hours and hours every single day. That might've been uh, contributing to my like knee problems and that. But uh, I just remember one day I woke up and I was just like, geez, I'm just not into this anymore. Just tried to skate, and I was like, yeah, this ain't it. (laughs) This ain't it, and I had a football there as well. And I just started kicking that around, and, you know, just from then on, just started playing every single day. You guys would come over we'd be playing red ass, just, like, you know, messing about, Hmm. and ever since then, been playing. Haven't really looked back. I've never, like, turned my back on football anyways. It's always been a staple of my life, I feel
0: like. Yeah, as I said, it's funny the way you you move from hobby to hobby, and then, and then you just you just stop on something and for a lot of people that would be sport or something creative and um and yeah you said you you started playing for a couple of years and you wouldn't have actually watched a lot of football which is quite interesting
1: yeah i don't know it just i don't know if if i had any like attachment to anything really at the time you know the way like say if you haven't been mm-hmm. watching the championship at all and you try and, like, watch a game in the championship, you're not really, like, you're not really invested too much. It's the storylines that go into yeah. all, like, every game, like, in the Premier League, like, you know, certain players, mm-hmm. like, having rivalries or, you know, what was the previous result of, like, this, this like, match or whatever. You know, it's all the, the different connecting storylines that come into mm-hmm. it, which ultimately is what I think I'm connected to as opposed to, like, just watching a game of football because I, I wouldn't watch a game in like mm. some random league in the middle of nowhere you know has to
0: be has to have yep. something yep. some substance to it like and you've yeah you, you touched on it already there but your team is you support man united which you mm-hmm. obviously would have inherited from your dad um yeah yeah Big and time. uh so yeah you would have started supporting man united as you said, from probably around that season when they when they won their second Champions League title in Moscow. Um actually saw a few things popping up about that the other day and I remember watching that game and I remember two of my cousins went to the game and oh, wow. boy did they have stories about travelling to Moscow for that game i will have to get them on someday. I'd imagine it was, in time. Russia, like fucking hilarious. Say it's an absolute hike to get people. Yeah, they had to get a lot. To get a load of trains, they had to get a lot of trains. I remember, and there's some very funny stories on those trains hmm. uh, across Russia. But uh, but yeah, you're you and your dad, big Man United fans, and I guess we're here about we're here to talk about uh, what happens to be the only ever Premier League game you've ever been to. You like to. <laughs> explain to people what is the only Premier league game you've ever been to
1: yeah i've never really been to that any games i've i've been to a fair few rovers games but i apart from that i haven't been to that many been to a few ireland games but the only Premier league game and the only team game i've ever been to my like team that i support is the game in i think it was 2009 uh, man united against man city yeah. 4-3 i think it might, it's one of the most memorable mm. end, i would say but there's a few um, there's a few quite memorable games where Rooney scored an overhead kick against City. But I feel I, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I feel like that is maybe one of the best derbies like out there. And thankfully, I had the uh, I was lucky enough to see it, you know.
0: Hmm. So, yeah, you're right. It was uh, September 2009. We would have just started in we would have just started in first year of secondary school. Um, very uh, early it, on really in the nice season well. at Old Trafford. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, but anyway, you, yeah, you, you and your dad went, and I guess tell me about how that came about, because I'd say it'd be very difficult to get tickets for a Manchester derby.
1: Yeah, like I think it was my uncle. He he's got a season ticket, and he would always he would. So we got the ferry over, and and he just gave us a, his season ticket basically and we had to get the ferry over and then we had to get like a it was like actually i think i think it was a ferry over to stoke or else it was liverpool i can't remember yeah and then we yeah, got a I think it was like a 5 hour bus journey over to manchester stayed in a really nice hotel and uh what was my point oh yeah the thing was as well before before we even got the tickets my uncle had a season ticket and he he had two season tickets. Him him and his mate both used to always go to the games. And he contacted my dad, and he he co- he couldn't go to that game because he was going out golf, and he's like a, I think he's like a called a scratch golfer, I think it is. But yeah, he had to go to like some tournament, so he didn't he couldn't go to that game. So he gave the tickets to us. And the dates, unfortunately, for the game, they signed Like really, unfortunately, for myself, because I think we just me and you were playing in a game for Yates. And uh, we were playing against Manor Hamilton and their manager happened to be slagle Leitrim. He was a, a coach for Sligo Leitrim. And I'd scored two goals against them. And he was like, yeah, you should come to the come to the trials. And I was like, yeah, yeah, no, that sounds really good, blah, blah. Then the match was on the same day of the trials and I wasn't able to go, but I couldn't say no to this game. And I'm oh, yeah. so glad that I didn't because it was such a game to go to.
0: Yeah, you mentioned playing, You so you mentioned the game that you that you were playing the day before um we wouldn't have been i don't think that we would have been playing on the same team then so we both so just for people who don't know we both played for our local team Yates United which i think is probably one of the most rec- it's like a, it's a name that everyone would recognize because we have Yates at the start and everyone knows who WB most people would know who WB Yates are across the world so it's pretty cool that we've played we played for a Football club named after named after W. B. Yates. Um, because you were a year older than me, you would have all we would have only played on the same team every every other year, every second year. So yeah. I think that year I would have been the I would have been the age group below. Yeah, now so, that you say it, you're um, right. You're dead right.
1: We were playing in uh with hmm. Colin Feeney and a few of the other lads who were a year above
0: me. Yeah, that makes sense. Ballers. some great teams then. Oh yeah, team that was then. that was one of the best teams. Know, Mine and your
1: team, uh, I think, when we were like under sixteens or something, that was that was probably the best team I've ever played in. Like we had a crazy
0: good team. Yeah, I don't know if you saw. I whacked up on Facebook recently. It's ten years since I think uh, well, we would have been under fourteen. Maybe we won. What? Well, for me anyway, it's my only, the only trophy to my name in my football career. <laughs> Uh, when we won a Division One title, it wasn't even the the top the top league. It was like the championship of under fourteen Sligo <laughs> Underage Sligo Leitrim Underage Football. Oh my god! Um, so that's ten years ago. 10, ten years ago since since that, and we had a good team. We had a good team then, probably underachieved, um, but it was yeah, nice. It was nice to win team. something anyway.
1: There was like, where was that when you yeah. played centre mid, or were you right back in that team? Uh,
0: right back right back that's when I really started to play right back yeah after starting Slagel Eichmann so. and then
1: there was like Lee Currid prime Lee Currid up front absolute 99 pace yeah. him and Keane McBride I think actually both 99 pace up front
0: I would have been left wing yeah Keen Kean McBride Keane McBride and William Crow came off the bench I don't think they'd really played that season because of athletics and they they were in the squad for the last game and they both came on and I think Williams scored. Yeah, I think Williams scored. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Uh, mm. We could have had an even better team if uh, everyone had been available to to play all season, but uh, no, we had a really good, we had a good goalkeeper as well, which were hard to come by, unfortunately, and certainly in my time playing for Yates. Uh, good back four is myself, Jude McGarry, Stephen Regan, and Aaron McElroy. Oh yeah, and it was like yeah. yourself. Lorcan Long, Serviche. Oh yeah. Uh Lee. Lee was up front with Keen Doyle, maybe. who was right mid. Was it Luke Armstrong? It maybe. Could have been Luke Armstrong or Johnny. Yeah, someone oh, yeah, not yeah. the fastest, but good feet. Good yeah. feet out in the wing. Good dribblers. Put a good ball in. And then we would have had good good men off the bench as well. Um, Indeed, but that was great. I that was a great it was a great team. And yeah, it was good to win something even though it wasn't it wasn't the top prize. I'd say that was probably the only the only thing I won as well, now that you mention it. The yeah. only trophy I've ever won, yeah. yeah. But uh no, I I do I do miss playing football. I haven't played a competitive football match since I was just before I started college, so it's been six years, nearly six years. But you were telling me off you were telling me off uh, off the record or before we started recording that you'd started playing again and yeah, if I if if I was at home at some stage or if I got an opportunity out here in France to start playing football again, I certainly would because I'd love to. Oh yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. I'm looking forward to getting back to it, but uh, I think we're getting a bit off topic there, mm. but we were talking about that uh, United Man City game yeah, yeah. that I went to, but yeah, so went mm. to the game and then, I was buzzing, go through the, get our tickets handed in, up up through, You know the, you know the feeling when you walk, when you're going through the stadium, but then you go through the stairs. And you look out onto the pitch, you can see like all like the top of the stadium, and you're looking out onto the flat, like perfect, like as if like the saturation has been put up to the max. Like it's so green. Colours are mad, and you're just like,
0: (laughs) Yeah, the carpet, everything, like it's so it was so cool. The feeling you just yeah, the feeling you describe is is a great quote. I think it's Sir Bobby Robson about when you go to the game with your dad in your case, and you just walk up the walk up into the stands and you just instantly fall in love and you hear the noise and i've never been to old trafford but just from being at games before and especially the first time as you said just unbelievable it's hard to describe yeah, that's such a spot uh, on quote, you, to be honest like, when you see when you see the state when you see the pitch when you see the pitch and the stadium something that you only would have seen on tv when you see it in real life it's just mental yeah and like the game is just so much you're just
1: completely you, you see the the saying about like the 12th man and all like when you're watching it on tv you yeah. don't really think the crowd has much to do with it but when you're in the when you're actually in the in the stand and you, like you the crowd are like really getting the team going you actually do feel like you're making a difference it's mm-hmm.
0: actually it's quite it's quite uh amazing to be honest and uh do you remember where you were sitting do you remember where you were sitting? Yeah, we you? were
1: sitting. on um, I'm not sure. if... I don't think it was in. Was it? It was not in the Stratford End, but it was. It was like where 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 the team comes out the corner where the team comes out, which is like kind of like the back right, if you can imagine. If it was like a rectangle right. back right, and the team comes out mm-hmm. in the back right corner mm-hmm. as well. So before. The game mm-hmm. started. I remember Anderson came out and he was signing a load of autographs. I didn't actually get an autograph because I had nothing to, for him to sign from me. And this is like before selfies yeah. were a thing as well, so it was like I was just kind of like yeah. waving at him from about five feet away. He came out. Think, <laughs> archie Song was there as well. Um, he was the legend yeah, yeah, of yeah. the game. Uh, and yeah, so no, I think those were the only players that came out that were close to me. But yeah, it was it
0: was so so cool. Mm. Can still remember it so well, like at I the minute. Mean, it was such a nice day as well. Yeah, I, I can imagine you above the tunnel because in Old Trafford the teams walk across the pitch. They don't walk in up the middle of, of the halfway line like a lot of stadiums do. They have yeah. to walk across from uh, the right corner or wherever it is um in the in Old Trafford. But uh yeah, and then and then the game itself, like well from, from the very off, do you remember who scored? Maybe after like two minutes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember it We barely really sat down. I, I remember I could I could barely see the first goal. It looked like because we were so far away and United were shooting at the other end for the first half. I could barely see. Actually, hmm. couldn't see the goal. And in in the old, in the old Trafford, they don't have a screen. So you, so if you miss anything, you're you You can't see what you can't un, you can't see what you didn't see. But yeah, then I just see Rooney going off celebrating, and you know, all the people who are sitting in front of me are just like jumping <laughs> up, and like, everyone's just hugging each other. You're there hugging all the randomers around you, you're just it's buzzing like
2: Rooney, and still, and what a start for Manchester United! Two minutes in! City switched off and left Everett free! And-
0: yeah, so Rooney Rooney opened the scoring, and then after it didn't take long for City to respond. City made it one all after 16 minutes. Yeah,
1: I remember quite well because Ben Foster came in because Van der Sar, uh, Van der Sar was injured. Ben Foster was in net, yes, and he came out for the ball. Mm. Ball came out to the edge of the awful box. Awful goal! It was so bad. Mm. Carlos Tevez, the absolute menace that he was, he came down and. He was charging and putting him under pressure, and he took the ball off him. Not I can't remember exactly what Ben Foster did, but I remember he, he messed it up. Tevez takes it mm-hmm. off him. Ben Foster's off his line. Ben Fo- and then Tevez passes it out to the edge of the box to Gareth Barry. He just like passes it into an empty net, and we were just like, you know, you're just raging like.
2: Tevez not giving up on it, and why not? And Foster left grappling for it. It's Gareth Barry. And the sheer persistence of Carlos Tevez manages to forage an equaliser against his old club. The scorer is Gareth Barry with his first goal for City, but Tevez takes a huge slice of
0: credit. This would have been the beginning of City's, the owners would have come in a couple of years before, and I think they were just on the back of their biggest spending spree today, because yeah, they had Tevez, they nicked Tevez from Man United, which was massively controversial. Yes. and you had that welcome to Manchester sign in the blue, oh my God, yeah, which uh, is very iconic. But we're gonna we we might go through the the team lineups to see what what who you remember and how many you can maybe chalk off. But uh, yeah, Gareth Barry scored the equalizer, and then it was one all at halftime. So one all. What are you thinking at halftime? Yeah, it was one all at halftime, and I remember going in and getting a getting a hot
1: dog, and there was like some I, like you might be remember his name Was some guy who was doing skills he used to be quite big at the time and I remember trying to like he was saying oh, like yeah. you get free tickets to a match if you can do like some skills or something I remember going in and I was so nervous trying to do like uh you know when you like flick the ball up and you catch it at the back of your neck I remember trying to do that and I was screwing yeah, it yeah, up yeah. You're so good at that. badly I know I was so bad at it that day like I couldn't do it for the life of me I was there like Absolutely red faced and pure nervous, trying to do it, and then I was like, "All right, Dad, screw this. Mm. Let's let's just go and sit down and fuck this," because <laughs> uh, I couldn't do it. I <laughs> I was cracking under the pressure because there was loads of people down there, like and uh, yeah, the second half mm. started. Were you saying you mm. want me to call out the team?
0: Yeah. No, we'll we we'll wait till yeah. we'll wait till the end. But uh, do you before before you go on, I was gonna ask: has, has your dad been to many other games apart from that one? No,
1: he, this is his first game as well.
0: Wow. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. That's insane. Pretty lucky.
0: Um, so, yeah, who scored, who, who, who scored next? Again, it was an early goal in the second half. Uh,
1: do, you, early do you have it Two there? early
0: goals to start the second half. Do you have it there? So I, don't... I have it all in front of me here. All oh, right. I, I I think it was Craig Bellamy, but
1: I'm not
0: 100%. So, Craig Bellamy equalized to make it 2-all, but Man United took the lead oh, yeah. in the 49th minutes. It was, minute it was Fletcher. Fletcher. Yeah, yeah.
1: And Darren Fletcher had such a game that day. He was ridiculous. I'd say he like hadn't scored. Very
0: underrated player. Yeah,
1: he was. I'd say that like he he scored two goals. Like I remember because I'm pretty sure he hadn't scored mm-hmm. for like a year or more. Like before that, he was mm-hmm. never a man to score goals. And then that yeah. game, he just turned into
2: a beast. Like Let's get to the ball in Fletcher, <laughs> Manchester United. On started the second half as well as they started the first
0: yeah and then as you said bellamy craig bellamy an interesting what a character he equalized to make it 2-2 i don't know which i don't i i, I can obviously remember one of the goals because it's a pretty iconic uh, Premier league goal
2: here's bellamy Putting inside O'Shea, getting a shot away, and what a stunner! That is an absolutely fantastic goal from Bellamy, and City have responded again. (laughs) What a football match we've got here, and what a strike from Craig Bellamy. Craig
1: Bellamy, that game was like prime Cristiano Ronaldo, I swear to God. He was the fastest player I've ever seen (laughs) in a game. Not that I've been to many many games, like I've said. But I've never seen someone look so quick in a game. He left Rio Ferdinand for dust in yeah. I think it might have been the second goal that you're talking <laughs> about. But uh Craig Ballard yeah. was insane that game. Quite underrated player as well in his day. I feel and like- yeah.
0: He was, yeah. He he played for a number of teams in his career. Uh and I'd say he would have played some of his best football at City. I'd say he would have played some of his best football at Newcastle. He had a really good uh for Newcastle on in the first few in the I think from maybe two thousand to two thousand and four two thousand five and he had a really good relationship with Alan Shearer on the pitch. Really, like he's such a hot he would he'd fall out. With, he'd, he'd fall out himself. Yeah, he, he he had a good few years at Newcastle. Was involved in really iconic Champions League nights for Newcastle in the early two really? thousands. Wow, and but uh, yeah, he did he did well. For City also, but he played for Liverpool, he played for West Ham, Blackburn, Cardiff, Coventry. He's played for nearly everyone, I'd say. Um, yeah. Wow, but uh, did not know that. but yeah, he was <clears throat> on fire, he was on fire that day. He was on fire that day, so it's 2 2. Bellamy's equalized, and uh, what happens next? Uh, who scored is next? It,
1: it, I think was it Bellamy next? Did they Did they go 3 2? I'm actually not nope. sure.
0: Man United you know, take the lead again.
1: Then it was Fletcher then next. But, yeah, um, I'm almost certain he scored another. It might have been yeah. just a cross, but like I'm pretty sure he scored two headers that game.
2: And it's in. Darren Fletcher has done it again. And for the third time, Manchester United lead in the derby. And this time, have they done enough?
1: Yeah. No, yeah, it's so like uncharacteristic unchar- of him like, to do that. And then, and then it was Bellamy mm. scored in like the ninetieth minute, and I just remember I remember that moment because it was yeah. such a goal. I'm pretty sure he got it, picked it up like in his own <laughs> half, um, took it past yeah. Rio Ferdinand, and then this is when like you you knew that Rio Ferdinand's days were numbered because Craig Bellamy left him for dust. He was like a road runner, and he goes <laughs> sprinting down the wing and he like takes it this is another mistake Ben Foster made that game he like took it past Ben Foster and just like hoofed it from like a like really acute angle into top bins like far post and I was like holy crap what mm. is what is Bellamy had for breakfast today like he has been retardedly good here <laughs> like it's insane he's a Duracell
0: bunny casually
2: and Bellamy looks to get away from Ferdinand here Craig Bellamy Dreadful error from Rio Ferdinand and Craig Bellamy pounces again and City may well have snatched a point after all. Well, that is absolutely incredible.
1: Yeah, it was nuts. I couldn't believe it. But yeah, so everyone in the stand, I remember like everyone around us, me and dad were like, I was I was actually close to tears, I'm pretty sure. I was like, there's no way, mm. like, because it was the 90th minute, your head is down, think it's all over. And then, but then Fergie time kicks in and we all know Yeah, Fergie time next. I
0: remember that yeah do you remember uh, who, uh, so Mark Hughes I think Mark Hughes was the manager of Man City and I remember Mark Hughes was going mental at the fourth official because of the amount of time that was added on it was quite I think ridiculous. it was six six minutes of added time yeah it was supposed to
1: be four I think and then um, it turned into six right <laughs> um, played on for another two minutes and I don't know what happened in fairness I'll have hold my hands up like I don't know how they added that much time mm-hmm. like I think people justified it by like yeah they made a few subs and you can add 30 seconds per sub but it's a sub only like it doesn't take that much time mm-hmm. but yeah I think it was Ryan Giggs yeah. gets the ball and no it was was it Anderson or was it Ryan Giggs Pass it on to oh, Michael gigs, Owen.
0: Gigs, yeah, this is all about gigs. Yes, it was yeah. gigs. Gigs outside gigs of the boot pass. The, the, gigs, it's all about the pass, yeah, yeah, it's all about the pass from gigs. We
1: outside of the boot pass into Michael Owen, and Michael Owen, Newcastle legend, yeah. <laughs> uh, bulltoes it into the bottom corner. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> and <we're>, I couldn't <laughs> believe that. I was like ecstasy. Like, that was absolutely crazy. Stan's going wild. Mark Hughes is going mental, like, all the like man city players on the ground like just i'm pretty sure they weren't even on the ground they were probably yeah. they'd say the ref was getting death threats to be honest after that like but yeah it was madness absolutely crazy oh.
2: cleared away as far as ryan gigs who's placed one for michael owen oh this is incredible beyond any time michael owen with his first all-trafford goal for manchester united and Mark Hughes
0: is raging. 96th minute, up steps bloody Michael Owen of all people. I know um, number seven. I don't think he scored. Don't think he scored. I don't think he scored many goals for Man United. But that was uh, no. That was worth multiple goals. That one. Yeah, that was worth everything. And what do you think of Michael Owen
1: <laughs> in general? Yeah, uh, I'd say. I I wouldn't see his his time would have been before I really watched football like his prime. Obviously, I've seen the yeah. clips of him like as an eighteen or nineteen year old for England, like against Argentina. Then yeah. for Liverpool, he was Not ridiculous. But like I can only I only know that from like the history books. Really, for Newcastle, did he
0: play with Alan Shearer? Yeah, uh, we of Newcastle fans would have a have a weird uh weird feelings towards Michael Owen. Because, yeah, as you said, he had an incredible... He, had an inc- he just burst onto the scene as a young fella playing for England and then had a great uh, career at Liverpool. And then he got that move to Real Madrid. Didn't really play that much. And I think around that time, he would have started getting injured. So he he played a lot of games before he moved to Real Madrid and won the Ballon d'Or. A lot of people forget he won the bloody Ballon d'Or. Um, what team did he win the Ballon d'Or with? In two thousand? Liverpool. Okay. Right. Okay. I think it was after they won. They won a treble. It was like the UEFA Cup, uh, FA Cup, League Cup treble. Wow. And uh but yeah, he he genetically his family would have had a history of muscle injuries, and that's what ultimately led to him losing all of his pace that he had. He was rapid when he played. For he, was he was crazy rapid, absolutely yeah. rapid. And you seen that that Argentina, that iconic Argentina goal. Um, so quick, and then yeah, he came to Newcastle, and I was saying there that I think the year I really started to follow Newcastle game by game and was Shearer's last season, which is two thousand five, two thousand six, which also was when Michael Owen signed. And Michael Owen's signing was huge, and that's really sparked my interest, among other things, because it was it broke the club record. There was a he got a great welcome in St James's Park so and everyone thought he was going to be the the man to replace Shearer because Shearer was about to retire but unfortunately injuries just completely ruined him for the rest of his career Did he play many games like for Newcastle? Yeah yeah but he got so many injuries, got an awful injury playing the World Cup the year after he signed I remember and yeah he was always in and out but he he was never the same i remember hearing hearing him in interviews talking about how he would be afraid to sprint in case he pulled a hamstring or yeah or pulled, so rough, like. had it, pulled a muscle or something so it was a yeah it's it's tough but um but a lot of newcastle fans were very disappointed when it, it turns out that he kind of towards the end of his career there, the year we got relegated, the first time we got relegated, he kind of refused to play. He didn't want to get injured because he knew he was going to leave if the club got relegated. So, yeah. And this is when Shearer came in to try and save us at the end. And yeah, he wasn't really arsed and was quite selfish. And then after we got relegated, he moved to Man United. And yeah, I watched a really funny video of... uh, I think it would have been his second season at Man United. So the the season of this game that you went to was the season we were in the championship. So then we come oh. back up, and then we play Man United at St James's Park, and Michael Owen comes on as a sub, and the booze he got. <laughs> oh my god! I I'm watched it the boos. other day. It's so funny. Uh, and we all know that he's a really cringy pundit now. And yeah, I was about to tell. Ta- I was yeah. To say the that to second you. half. The second. Second half of his career was very underwhelming. Didn't do much, but respect. Respect where it's due. He had a phenomenal rise. Mm. Quite a similar-ish
1: ish, sort of like I don't know the kind of structure of his career, like Torres. Like he was unbelievable before he got that hamstring injury, mm. and then straight as soon as he lost his pace, yeah. his game, his game completely dropped because he relied a lot on his pace.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, hundred percent. But uh, yeah, and yeah, I guess from the point where he came back from Real Madrid, and as I said, he had moments. He had his moments, whether I was in a Newcastle shirt or a Man United shirt. Not at Stoke. I don't remember him doing anything for Stoke. I just remember him. <laughs>
1: yeah, I wouldn't even remember a single thing about
0: that. Jeez. Yeah, but this goal, like, wow. Again, all about the Gigs pass. Gigs' third assist of the game, as I said, and uh, yeah, probably was the last kick of the game. Wow! Giggs and had what three do you remember assists. after the game? Gigs had three assists again. Yeah. Oh my god. You... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. What do you remember after the game when final whistle blows? And
1: just that... kind of remember being on cloud nine. Sort of after was just you know, and you just got a constant mm-hmm. smile on your face. I remember walking down uh, the street actually after, and you know, you've got all the sky blue fans you've got the united fans and you're just kind of walking through like it feels like yeah. just like an estate sort of and you know they're all raging yeah. and, and there's like people just hooligans you know buzzing you know drinking being kind of bit kind of obnoxious and stuff and then but yeah me and dad were just buzzing went back and i can't really remember too much after that but i remember i remember getting food and then later that night in our hotel i was watching match of the day just like with a smile, like and a grin, on my wow. face the entire time, like rewatching it, and it was just, it's just cool, it's yeah. just so, so cool, like
0: absolutely classic experience. You yeah, know? you bring up the, you, you, yeah, unbelievable, and you, you bring up the atmosphere afterwards. I've never been to a big derby like that. I, I'd be honestly I'd be a bit scared to go to whether it's a Tyneside derby or a Celtic Rangers or Liverpool Man United. Yeah. What was the was there any? Did you see any any scraps between the red and blue? I don't think after, I did yeah. no.
1: Thankfully, I didn't. But I can imagine, yeah. like like you mentioned there, with the Celtic Rangers sort of situation, I'd say that it's quite hectic. Like I'd actually be. Yeah, it's a kind bit of, different. Yeah, like because obviously the connotations around it, but like. Yeah, I don't think I would enjoy that to be honest being to going to one of those games, but uh, to be fair to the City United fans, I don't think there was anything bad that really happened after.
0: But I'm sure once this is all over, I'd say you'd be dying to hopefully get to another Premier League game. You have a pretty good track record, so um hopefully if that ended up being the only Premier League game you ever went to, that would be that'd be pretty awesome, but I'm sure you I'm sure like the rest of us we we'd go to any sort of sporting event or music events possible once it's once it's all once it's all kicking off again. So, um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, you'll be in Old Trafford again soon.
1: Yeah, I'll definitely look forward to it. A hundred percent, I will be doing that soon because, like, without spending money in all the bars and stuff, if we've got like a little bit of money that have. Finally got to spare, so definitely be spending that, and then we we get away yep. into Manchester. Hopefully, maybe get a great game against Newcastle there.
0: e five nil. That sounds like a oh fun yeah, game that'd to be me. handy, handy. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'd love to. I'd love to go to. I'd love to go to Old Trafford. Mm-hmm. Um, Preferably, maybe not to see my own team play, but. Uh, <laughs> well, no. If you ever want to go to, if you ever want to go to Newcastle for a weekend, it's some some spot for. To make a weekend especially if you're going to a match so uh i prefer to go and see newcastle play man United in james's park uh we'd have a better record there but uh hopefully hopefully that's something we can maybe do together in the not so distant future that'd be good fun yeah fact definitely that's one thing i'd definitely
1: be looking forward to that and uh going to festivals like you're saying with music and that that's another thing that i've been really been really missing during the summer Mm -hmm. like it's not a summer without going to a festival or like just doing something like that like going to another country yeah so yeah that's definitely one thing a few things i'll be looking
0: forward to Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well i could talk to you i could talk to you i say that i say that to nearly every guest i could talk to you for hours talk to you for days but uh i really appreciate i really appreciate you Mm -hmm. coming on and i hope you've enjoyed it and uh i'm hopefully we'll have you on again in the not so distant future Yeah, man, I've enjoyed it. It's good to catch up with a good friend and
1: chat about football and, you know, reminisce about the good old days. So, yeah, hopefully the podcast hopefully ends up going well and wish you the best with it.
0: I'll be listening for sure. Cheers, mate. Really appreciate it. Um, And, yeah, thanks again. Nice one. All right. Adios. Well, there you have it, folks. That brings to a close episode 8 of the podcast. I can't believe I've been doing this for well over a month now at this stage. Um, and even more beforehand. A lot of these were recorded before I launched the first step, Or before I released the first episode. So, But uh, I've really enjoyed it. And we're not quite finished yet. Um, I have another episode next week. Um, and then we'll maybe to a close season one I guess we'll call it but thanks again to Ruri for coming on and once again yeah I would just like to say a thank you to anyone that does listen any support or listening is much appreciated no matter how big or small so yeah thank you so much for listening if you did make it to the end be sure to follow me on instagram at sam white that's white with three eyes, and there you'll get i guess exclusive podcast updates don't forget to follow or subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and yeah i'll see you next week all being well cheers folks good luck